Hey everybody, this episode pretty much picks up right where the last one left off, so there's no intros or anything like that this time. Um, I did want to put this little disclaimer here at the beginning. Pretty much throughout this entire episode, I keep referring to the event at Summit Point as the SCCA runoffs, when in fact it is the SCCA majors, which is a different thing. So yeah, little correction there. Anytime I say runoffs, I actually mean majors. So enjoy the episode. So I wanted to talk briefly about what I did this weekend, if y'all are cool with that. Yeah, nobody else was there. So I went to Grid Life at Summit Point this weekend, which about three days before I left, I was on a forum. A guy on there posted that he was going to the SCCA runoffs at Summit Point this weekend. And I was like, I'm going to be at Summit Point this weekend. I didn't know there was another thing going on. Um, and he said he had a spare pit crew slot available in his registration. So I like sent him my name and like my phone number and everything. And so basically I got this handy dandy little wristband once I paid $15 for a temporary SCCA registration. Um, and I could like go into the hot pits at, at some point, which is pretty cool. Um, so I get there. With this this guy, his name is uh, Kirk Douglas. It's Kirk Canestis, but I think it's Nestus. The mm. K is silent. He was driving a B spec Honda Fit, which was super awesome. And so I get there and I meet him and I'm like I shake his hand and meet his dogs and everything. And um, I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out because he when you go to the grid, there's like trailers everywhere. And it's hard to tell who goes with what trailer and stuff. Because everything's real close together. And there's this guy that he's clearly with who is trying to replace a starter on their Honda pit bike. So I go over there and I'm like holding the, the scooter like at a slant so he can get to this starter, right? And uh, he's like, you know, telling me to hand him screwdrivers and like talking about what he's doing. And I'm, I'm like, this guy's voice. I know this dude's voice. I have heard it before. So I, I asked him, I'm like, dude, this is really awkward. And yeah, I don't know you. You don't know me. But your voice sounds real familiar. Have you been on a podcast or something? He's like, yeah, I've been on Slip Angle like five times. I'm like, oh, I knew it. It, it was um, Greg Ami, who is an incredible driver. He has done SCCA racing since like the 80s. And it was just really cool. Because like the guy, so the guy that I talked to to get in with him is also sharing a trailer with this guy. So now I get to hang out with these dudes all weekend with their super rad Civic SI race car and like just be around them and figure out like just see what they do. Nice. And it was super super fun. Um lots of crazy stories and like uh they they were having a weird problem with their Civic where under certain conditions basically something was binding in the right rear suspension and the spring rate would essentially go to infinity. And they thought something was broken. Like, they said when they were driving it, it felt like a control arm snapped. And then it would be fine for the next turn. So they couldn't figure it out. It ended up being, um, they had a stock sway bar on it with, like, heim joint adjustable end links. But then they also had this, ex like, Mondo extra weld-in universal sway bar that's, like, just a solid steel bar. Like, probably an inch and a half diameter steel bar with these huge arms on it like welded to the bottom of the trunk like 
crazy sway bar that basically makes the rear suspension not work at all. But they were using both together for some reason. Like, apparently, the guy who was their mechanic, like, they had put the stock sway bar back on and disconnected the big one for the rain race at VIR a couple weeks ago to make the car softer. And now they're running both and it's making the rear suspension not work at all. And yeah. it's like binding up like crazy. Yeah. So they did they basically removed the stock, stock rear sway bar and it was just totally ran fine. the big one and it was yeah, good. And it was yeah. fine. Something interfering. But um, man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have more stories about that once my brain processes this weekend more. That seems um, like the kind of thing that you you, you shouldn't miss. Like how do how do, you, how do you miss that you have two sway Greg, bars? I was poking around under there with the mechanic whose name I am, I am so sorry that I can't remember. We're we're both under there going everything's fine like nothing's broken <laughs> everything's nothing's, connected nothing's <laughs> bent nothing's yes, loose all the bolts are there everything is everything yes. and, and therein and lies the problem. And so like once he told Greg like what the issue was, Greg was like. Why are we running two sway bars? <laughs> he's like, well, because well, he's like, well, you see, we ran the other one for VAR. He's and, like, and then right, somebody right. said the sentence, "Hook up the big one." Yeah, and somebody followed that yeah. order. And so he's like, to right. the So we had the the small one, but now we have the big one, right? And he's like, yeah, but running both. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, take take, take the stock this one off. off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, I, I can't imagine there would have been enough room yeah. for in and around the rear suspension to run both without something interfering, which is, the, it sounds like is what happened. It's, it's a weird setup, but it's really Well, cool. yeah, Honda Multilink always just, like, bends my brain when yeah. I put my head under a car. I had a 91 Accord years and years ago, and it was like, you peek into the rear wheel well... And there's just an arm, like, coming up and out over the tire. And then there's an upper ball joint. And then another arm that just disappears into nowhere. Have you ever seen, like, a modern Lexus LS car? It's terrifying. There's, like, 87 suspension arms on that car. (laughs) And they all do something. They all do something. I have no idea, but they all do something. So... I kind of divided my time this weekend between hanging out with them and then going... They were at Main Circuit at Summit Point, and then you go kind of across the property to Shenandoah Circuit, where they were doing Grid Life uh, track battle, and Adam Lyons was there in his CRV, and um, there's a couple of... uh, Landon uh, Eaton was there in his Civic, and a couple other people that I knew from Instagram that I met for the first time. A uh, guy in a red AW11 that was really cool, so I hung out with him a bunch because MR2 people just do that. Um, basically, the the highlight I think for me of the weekend was probably one of one of them was I got to they basically gave me one of the team radios and they tuned it to the what the the frequency that all of the the tra- the corner workers were working. So I could I went up into the pits while they were racing and listened to all the corner workers calling in what they were seeing while we're watching uh, Kurt go by in his spec B fit. That was pretty cool. And then the other cool thing was that I got to meet Adam Jabay from Slip Angle Show. I was like super nervous to go up to him. I was like fangirling super hard because I've been listening to their podcast for years. But he was doing the PA system announcements. 
And uh, I like walked up to him. I had, like I was like super nervous. I didn't want to bother him, but he was like, "Hey man, what's going on?" He was like the friendliest dude ever, who genuinely was interested in talking to everyone that went up to him. And uh, that's but... always good when you find somebody that it's just hard to know. I remember last year at Hyperfest, I went up and talked to Emilio from Nine Four Nine Racing. Oh, did you? With their ridiculous Miata. Just came across them in the on the paddock, working on the car and stuff, and just stood there, and he was telling us, like, ins and outs and bordering, you know. I, he, he'd get right up to the line of, like, proprietary information and right. then be like, I can't tell you why, <laughs> but I can tell you you don't want to run this particular cylinder head on that particular block. Interesting. It's like, there's some R&D. I can't tell you why it's this way, but I can tell you that, like, just opened up about stuff, wanted to talk about the car. Like, That's it's, awesome. it's just awesome to find. I had no idea you got to talk to them. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they were just chilling there by the car. So, wander through the pits and the and the grid and the paddock and talk to everybody. Big events like see. that. Talk to yeah. everybody with a cool car. Most people are cool. Like, yeah. That's the neat thing about the car community, I think, is... Very few people get too big for their britches. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems like pretty down to earth. The most, They're all yeah. just out there building, especially people with MR2s, Fits, yeah. Miatas. Like, Something weird. These aren't supercars. They're yeah. not just throwing money and paying mechanics to do all the work. They're getting in there. They're turning wrenches. They're like us. And um, it's cool to just come across those guys and be like, hey, absolutely, you're down to earth. Let's just chat about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I met him, I met Adam probably in the middle of the afternoon, I just went up and said hi and then kind of went and bought some merch and then left. But that evening, Greg had said that Adam had texted him wanting to do an episode of Slip Angle with him. So I was, I didn't say anything, but I was in the back of my head like, please let me come. I'll just sit in the back of the room and just be quiet and listen. But, uh, so like we all ended up piling in his, his GTI and going over there, which is on, I don't know what wheels they are, but they're like 17 or 18 inch modern reproductions of the Mark 1 GTI snowflakes. And they look sick on new golfs. But we we all rolled, rode over there, and I had been drinking since about one o'clock, and this is now probably eight ish. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty toasted, and I get over there, and everyone over there is toasted, and there's like a big pot, there's like a case of Budweiser <laughs> just sitting there, and like somebody had gone to McDonald's and ordered like thirty cheeseburgers, so yes. like a big bag of McDonald's right there, and we all just stood around, and like Adam was super excited because he bought this three hundred dollar pit cart. Which basically, if you picture in your mind what the, like, trailers, not the trailers, but, like, the control module trailers at, like, F1 races are, where everyone's sitting up at, like, a counter with laptops and stuff, he basically bought one of those that's, like, two people wide, that has, like, air hookups and, like, all kinds of stuff for, like, 300 bucks. What? He was super excited. He had, like, a PA system plugged into it and everything. (laughs) It was really cool. But he was, like, super excited about it and showing it to everybody. They, we went over and two walls away into the hot pits in the middle of the night and they recorded a slip angle show. It was just really cool to be able to meet those people and be around them and see what how they do what they do. One, one of the examples is I got to go hang out and go to the buffet that all the SCCA drivers went to for dinner at the end of the day. And I, just nice. got, to, I got to eat actual food for the yes. first time that weekend as opposed to trail mix and power bars. And the <laughs> giant bag of McDonald's cheeseburgers. Yeah, that too. And Bud Light. This is beer and backfire. That was the first time I had ever had Budweiser. Not Bud Light, but just like actual Bud Budweiser. Heavy. I had yeah. never had it before. And it's 
beer. It's, it, is, it is precisely it is beer. Because I, I had gone for uh, I had gone for quantity over quality this weekend, so I just loaded. It is nothing more and nothing less. It is I, beer. I had been drinking PBR all weekend because that's my cheap, crappy beer of choice, and Budweiser tastes exactly the same. It is beer. Beer. So I, I had many, and it was it was fun. Also, report on sleeping in the back of the Matrix. Yes, I did want to hear about this because my wife saw your post. Yes. Immediately went out to her Matrix, folded the back seats down, folded the passenger seat down, rolled the front seats all the way forward, and looked at it and said, "That doesn't look big enough for a twin size air mattress." It totally and I said, is. I'll ask Jordan what it, size that air mattress I'm was. She's sure like, it's a twin. it looks impossible. It's from, it's just, a, I think it's a twin from Walmart. It was like 30 bucks and it fits barely, but it fits. Like yeah. you, I put the uh, now, the end that has the, the pump built into it, put uh-huh. that up like, so it's like leaning on top of the center console and just plug it into the outlet by the shipper. Now that, that portion that's overhanging the rear seats behind the front seats, did you put your feet down there? No, I just, that was where I put my head. Did you prop it up with anything? Nope. It wasn't just folding over the seat at that end? Nope. Because it's full of air. And it's only like six inches of Overhang. space. So it's not like a big deal. Oh, it can be difficult to close the hatch without popping the air mattress. So I would recommend closing the hatch. Then in Oh, the whole hatch. Yes. Because yeah. you have the hatch glass open. Though, yeah. Right? I was going to... So I brought my, my Hyperfest set up. So I had like my mosquito net and everything to drape over the whole car so I could have the windows <laughs> down and everything. And it ended up being like 40 degrees and raining all night. So I just had all Close the windows up and I was bundled up under a bunch of blankets and I was I slept so good very well I was very is this is this your new plan for Hyperfest this year absolutely skip the tent oh, bring the, I, well I didn't have the, a tent last year last year I just brought like one of those right. little like inch thick like self inflating air mats yeah that that's suck. right you did you did sleep in the car yeah so, so air mattress this year that's your tent key. is also yeah. not waterproof Brian is talking about sleeping out. in his <laughs> FX this year potentially good luck well, he's talking about just laying the front seat back. And it's actually, it doesn't look that bad, but I wouldn't want to do that for several nights. I mean, I've slept in Stock a... Stock seat. I've slept in an MR2 before. Yeah, but the, you have a firewall behind you. You can't lay back to the back seat. That's he at true. least has that option. That's, now, that's not ideal. I, I may talk to John since he's bringing his 12-man tent. I yeah. might just sleep with him instead of just throw a bunch having of stuff to pitch my two-man again this Absolutely. year. But, but then it's kind of nice to wake up in a tent by yourself and just take your time in the morning yeah. and eat some oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I basically lived off of oatmeal cream pies last year and little <laughs> frappuccinos in a bottle. Yeah. Not a... Hyperfest is like cheat weekend to the max. Yeah. Did you ever hear when I pogoed my drive shaft on my A6? Uh, no, but I would love to. Oh my God. Told that story last week, I think. But did no, I, did I, did I? no, he did not. I'm pretty sure you did, but continue. So it's a good story. I was towing. I didn't have an engine in my car. I think. I think I was I was working at Kuntz at the time at the body shop. Yeah, I think you had pulled the engine so you could do the frame. I think that's what it was. I didn't know you used to work at Kuntz. Oh, yeah. I used to go there and recondition wheels. Yeah, yeah. I, used to, I worked there for about six months, and uh, I pulled I pulled the engine, the trans out. I didn't pull the drive shaft. Mm. And so you know how the drive shaft has a little dangling dongle at the end of it? Yeah. So that's 
doing this at, I was probably going like 40 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and that car was the one that had the uh, 5.4 rear end in it. Mm-hmm. 5 point, like 5.44. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so the it is, is moving. Is moving. <laughs> and so I'm on Monument, and then my drive shaft mounts decide to, uh, to give out, and that drive shaft goes, that drive shaft break, you know, Takes out a Probably few flung few, around. Few, took out some fuel lines, some brake lines. some brake lines some and all that. Everything and, nearby. But then, but then decided to go straight down. And of all the streets to be on. And oh. and Pogo and my my whole eight six was I was um I was on a car dolly, so the back wheels were on the ground, so it pogoed, bounced up, and that drive shaft was flying out back behind the car. And, I didn't hear this part of the story. And so so then I'm like, what the heck was that? I was like. And I immediately realized what it was. Oh, yeah. So then I pull over. I then run down Monument Avenue to go pick up my drive <laughs> shaft in the middle of the street. <laughs> wow. Throw it in the back of the truck and then continue. Uh-huh. And, continue. Uh, and which wall is it hanging on now? Uh, uh, that, one, uh, that one I think I threw away. Oh, yeah. what a shame. I'm, I, I'm surprised it didn't snap the flange off the diff. I, I think it did. Oh, it was so it a two piece or yeah, it's a two piece. Yeah, that's what so I, the the center the center. I was gonna say I'd imagine that the front piece just left the back the, one. The center where the uh, that center carrier bearing mounts yeah. up, uh, it, it, that that's what finally what dropped out. out. Yeah, and when it pogoed and yeah, <laughs> the car the car <laughs> jumped Mythbuster style. Yeah, yeah back in went in the air. God, that is terrifying. But kind of awesome. Could have could have been worse. That, you know, I, I learned how easy it is to to make hard lines. I always thought it was a, an exact science. No, you just you just bend it till it fits. Yeah, yeah pretty just, much. Yeah, yeah, that's... Put that little spring over it, and if so you have, one. I wanted to talk to you guys and get y'all's opinion on this. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm adding a rear brake proportion valve. Yes, to the, the FX16. One second. Nice. Cool. What you got there? Pocahontas again? I do. It was oh. just that it was going to be loud and I didn't want to interrupt you. You're adding the proportioning valve. So in the past, like when I built, rebuilt the rear end of the wagon, I used copper brake hard lines, which mm-hmm. are cool because they're A, relatively inexpensive, and B... Which is weird because... Super copper. easy to bend by hand because yes. they're soft. Is there any reason for me to not use those... And instead, use the really hard to bend steel. Steel. Ones. Yeah. Have you ever used the spring? Like the, the little bender? slip over bender. Well, the, the long springs. They're literally just springs. Does oh. anyone use these? No. It's a super tight wound spring that is precisely large enough to slip over a hard line. When you bend it, it keeps constant. Oh, I was, I was going to use an actual and, tube bender tool. Though, well, like, you can, yeah, you can do that. Because Billy has one. school You can rent them from nice. AutoZone for free. Yeah. I don't know. I is mean, that, steel is... Steel would be more... Better, more, more like, better. Because it's kind of down where your feet are, because it's going to go through where the shifter cables go through in the firewall. Mm-hmm. So I don't want someone's foot flailing around to hit it. I guess I could put yeah, because like you've got to run it in into the car. Right? Yeah, it's going right by the shifter is where I'm putting. Are it. you able to pattern it somehow and do do all the bending or most of the bending outside the car? 
Probably, yeah. Put a union, like, on the other side of the firewall yes. so you can just slip it through from the inside of the car or whatever. Yes. That's of, what I would do is just take some long bailing wire or something and just bend up a pattern to follow. that it's, And then maybe use the steel stuff just so it's as good as possible. And then do all the bending outside the car where it's easy to do and you have access. And, yeah. Um, just shape the whole thing. Because you'll need, what, you'll need a section from the master cylinder to the firewall or you're going to clip the all I have I'm not clipping anything all I'm doing I'm removing the stock oh it's got a stock one I'm removing the stock proportioning valve I'm basically adding a union for the front brakes so the front brakes are going from using the stock line it's all stock lines uh, from the master cylinder to the Y to the left and right front brakes I'm Uh just putting a union there instead of the proportioning valve and for the rear I'm putting in a Y union to tie the left and rear together right, and yeah. then running the one and then that's where I run my intermediate line from that union to the proportioning valve and then back to the master cylinder uh, the line coming off the master cylinder that was going in okay so you're just going to run everything from the engine bay into the cabin to the adjustable valve yep. and back out to it's the just, engine it's bay it's just two, two four foot lines basically okay uh, yeah so you'll have a union for each of those hard lines. On the, okay. It really, you could darn near bend them close to the same all the way up to where one of them needs to go do a past the valve and do a little 180 yeah. into it and then the other one is just... I just didn't, I didn't know if anyone had any like super big hang-ups about using copper versus steel. Probably lean towards <sighs> steel, but... Yeah, I don't personally other than steel just seems more durable and... If you are going through... Yes, potentially questionable through a firewall or something like that the copper is softer the copper is softer and the steel can't the steel has a higher abrasion resistance so if it that's is, true it touches something that is especially if it's going to be vibrating yeah that's, if you're, a, if that's you're, a good call and if you're going through a firewall or something I would um, I would just use a union fitting and just make it so you and I'm just poking on a, the firewall I'm just going to be poking a hole through the, the rubber boot that goes that the shifter cables go yeah, through yeah. oh there's already a yeah. But yeah, no, he's talking about the the oh, snap. panel mount style so, um, wow. unions where you just mount them to either side of the firewall. But if you already have an easy pass through, yeah, at a grommet or something, just yeah, running through the rubber that's mm-hmm. already there. Um, do you know if any sanctioning bodies have any Not requirements or regulations on additional because so. the 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 copper lines still adhere to DOT regulations. I think that's as stringent as it gets. Is SCCA or NASA or anybody? And honestly, even if they do, I don't think they're gonna look at it that hard. They'll just they'll just look at it and be like, "Is it super janky?" You know. Yeah. Is it dangerous? Yeah. Is it leaking? Yeah. This yeah. is dangerous. Open up your head, feel the shell shock. Nice, nice yes. prodigy reference. Yes. Found it. That was good. <laughs> So yeah, that's all. That was pretty much all of April. That that was April. <laughs> that was April. That's April, all there was. April was a crazy month. This is what happens. The spring hits. The car things hit, and then yeah, I just feel bad. I haven't. I not made it out to a single autocross this year. I registered for the year. I registered my permanent numbers. I oh for BMSC. Yeah. I've made it to not one practice, not one autocross, and now my car's broken. <laughs> you can take the Mazda. 
It wouldn't be horrible. I'd take my wife's beat, if nothing Oh, I forgot about that. Talk about the beat. Am I supposed to talk about the beat? Talk about the beat. What's my wife's car? we got to have my wife on. She's the one who really wants to talk about it. But we did, as part of the deal of bringing home my JDM MR2 from Japanese Classics. Shout out to Dan and Ian, everybody over at Japanese Classics. That place is the best. I love them. Um, As part of the process of bringing the MR2 home, uh, I went up there, I looked at that car, that was the only thing I was potentially interested in at the time. Um, it had been bought as a parts car for other MR2s they were going to sell. And so they'd taken the dash out, they'd taken a few other tidbits off that they needed for other cars for sale, but that's why they had it sitting there. And so I went up there to look at the car, they had a number, it was higher than I wanted to pay, I had a number, they were batting it around. Turns out, torrential rain rolls in as we're looking at the car outside and getting ready to leave and go home. So they say, oh, we'll just wander through the showroom while you're here and, um, you know, feel free to hang out until the rain lights up a little bit and then you can go get in the car and head out. So we go wandering through the showroom and my wife absolutely falls in love with a 91 Honda Beat. In yellow. Uh, Little bright yellow. um, Oh, she'll kill me now because she'll probably hear this later carnival yellow carnival yellow festival red i think i can't keep them straight she knows it might be festival yellow but it doesn't matter it's it doesn't but (laughs) it will to her but fantastic little car Mm -hmm. hilariously fun uh k car not made for the american highways um it is happiest just Chilling down back roads. There, there was one at Autocross today. I, I saw uh, Jacob sent me my buddy Jacob Corbin shout out. Yeah. Uh, sent me a picture of the red beat rolling in at Autocross. It would be a terrible Autocross car. It, it would have been fun. It, it was rolling around a lot. If it had some coilovers on it though, it would body be rolls sweet. terrible and understeer is Ooh. abysmal in that car. Um, if you get to the limit. But it is hilariously fun. It revs to 8,500 RPMs. It's got a 650cc or so uh, three-cylinder derived from a motorcycle engine. It just wants to spin. The the rear end is like a 5.4 or something. It's like that (laughs) Audi that you had. So, um, yeah, the gears are short and uh, the car is shorter. Wow. Um, it's hilarious. It's fun. It's a it's a great little... And honestly, I've said, it's a great little trainer car for driving uh, right-hand drive here if you're not used to it um, because it's so small that even if you tend to kind of drift over to the left in the lane because that's where you're used to your body being going down the road, you're like not even in the other lane yet because there's no <laughs> car over there. It's only like whatever, four and a half feet wide, it seems like. Wow. Um, the doors are a good like half of the total length of the car. Yeah. They're actually the doors are as long as the doors on the Miata. The wheelbase is almost as long. I parked it next is to it the really? Miata. Yeah, they just have the wheels. It's like a Mini Cooper. Like uh, the wheels are pushed all the way out to the corners as far as they can get them. And yeah, there's like maybe eight inches of overhang of the bumper. Um, my driveway has one of those. I live on the a street where the drainage is built into like the curb and so the street like dips down real low and then my driveway kind of shoots up and so I have a little rubber recycled rubber thing that they call 
Bridget is the brand. It's a little curb ramp for getting into your driveway with low cars. I have one of those in there. And even in the six and the matrix, I take it at a bit of an angle most times just to be safe. The beat can take it forward or backward straight on because by the time the bumper would be trying to scrape, the wheels are there and you're going up the hill. There's yeah, sweet just no car. Yeah, there you go. Let's oh boy. Jack that thing up and put some uh, thir- mm, I don't know 23s on it. I don't know if I've ever seen a beat rally car, but we can make it happen. I, I think you could get away with 14 or 15s, and they would look huge on that car. Oh, I meant tires. I meant like 23 <laughs> tires. Yeah, they do oh, yeah. Yeah. for off-roading. Um, yeah, no, it's got 13s. It's got an aftermarket set of wheels that came on. It's got 13s on the front and 14s on the rear. Staggered. Um, Staggered. It's cooler than, cooler than any of my other cars or wheel setups. Um, but yeah, that thing is... It's a blast. Um, it's just a toy car. We're not going to drive it that much. She wants to take it to Cars and Coffee and, you know, take it on little Bring back it to the cruises. Yeah, again, too much time at highway speeds, I think. Not if we take six? Yeah, even still, 55, oh, everybody rolls 60. That thing at 60 miles an hour. Struggling. Let me do the conversion. 100 kilometers an hour. Yeah, there you go. Zero to six, zero to yeah, yeah. Sorry, 62. So at 100 kilometers an hour in, in fifth gear, I think that thing is turning something like 6,500 RPMs. <laughs> oh, six boy. or 6,500. Now, as I say, it's a motorcycle-derived engine, and so it does okay, not yeah. mind being up there, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to drive it for sustained periods of time at those kinds of RPMs, and okay. she doesn't want to either. That's how I roasted my alternator. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. On my yeah, it's it's everything else that's spinning. Like the rotating assembly, probably pretty chill with those RPMs for for sustained periods of time. But yeah, alternator and water pump and um, Dan Weinberger, the GM at Japanese Classics, has a beat, and he said he went to some event in North Carolina, and just rolled down the highway at sixty five or whatever for four hours and he said it consumed some oil but otherwise it was fine and i was like yeah i okay um i just don't want to risk needing parts for that car needing to repair that car like is there a decent parts network out there where you could get parts for it if you needed to uh i'm just starting to learn some of some of that stuff um i do know that on the upgrade front there are some neat uh, Honda bits that swap over uh, Honda Fit front brakes I want to say okay. um, we'll swap over to the front for like big big brake upgrade <laughs> uh, some like EK Civic yes big brake in Honda big air quotes um, because they're what probably like 10 inch rotors or something but those are 9 inch those are monsters this on is the amazing and then like some EK Civic rear brakes or something like that's <laughs> yeah. the if you want to find US parts then for a wear item rotors pads things you can just go into the parts yeah. store and buy you can swap to that stuff and have that option that's, that's really cool actually that's hilarious so far it seems okay uh, the AC apparently doesn't work um, we're gonna start you know seeing if we can noodle out what's going on with that it could just be an O-ring somewhere could be, yeah, it could be that it all leaked out. This is what I was telling her. The compressor doesn't seem to uh, kick on at all. And I said, well, if there's a pressure switch in the system and the pressure's low, it just won't let it run the compressor. So, 
could just be that it leaked out somewhere and whatever. Um, it's a 91 Japanese car. It's probably R12. So then you either get into conversion or... I know some people who know some people who rob some people, as the <laughs> quote goes. Uh, they could probably get me R12 um, if I needed to, who are in the HVAC industry and that kind of stuff. But we'll see. Uh, that's the neat thing about that car is that we are trying as much as possible. She has never really, my wife has never really shown that much interest in cars. I mean, she like understands the interest, but it hasn't been her thing. To be fair, she, she does is drive trying a manual transmission. Oh, it's, it's true. Uh, she she dailies a, a five speed Matrix XR. Um, she's driven the Miata plenty of times, and she's got a right hand drive manual transmission Honda Beat now. But her thing is going to be that's her project, and she's going to work on it. I will gladly help her. I'll give her any knowledge and information I have. I'll help her look through things, but. She's going to turn the wrenches and the screwdrivers and make stuff happen. Uh, she already upgraded the speakers in it because the cones were all blown out. Nice. I walked her through that project. Uh, when That's we got a great the, first project. It is. And when we got the door panels off, we found the little plastic vapor barriers were A, held on by the nastiest JVM mayonnaise. It was, it was white Ooh. and gooey and not like butyl tape at all not Music like what I expect. well it's awful but you can cut through it with a razor blade and then stick it back to itself and if you keep your hands away from it you're okay this stuff was still like like runny liquid when we started to pull it off and the vapor berries themselves were like curled up on the edges and stuff so we got some heavy duty um paint drop cloths plastic drop cloths patterned them again she did pretty much all of this Patterned them, cut them out with scissors, made new vapor barriers, and then got black adhesive, um, some kind of 3M adhesive. It's not quite like butyl, but they didn't have thin butyl tape at the parts store. So something that was similar that dries up tacky but isn't completely like RTV rubber when you're done. Made new vapor barriers. It was like her first while we're in there project, which was, it was neat. It was just like, well, she, and she was the one who said it. Like we were in there. I was like, this is gross, but I almost just don't want to deal with it. She's like, well, while we're in here, could we fix that? Oh, here we go. Yes, we could. So yeah, it was neat. It's, it's been really cool just even so far. And then she's like, I don't like how it understeers, so let's look sway into bar. maybe rear sway bar options. Um, they're limited. Again, might get with you about if there's anything available. Up garage, my bro. Somebody makes a very, very funky shaped one that has to like dip up over the exhaust and then over. Um, and it's like $500 or something if you were to just pay for it and have it. Might be hard to find, but then realistically i could probably fabricate something to the tune of that that uh civic it's literally si sway bar where it's a tube with straight brackets yeah. and end links it's, it's if a, it's not going to interfere it's with a uh, uh circle track racing type setup yeah so it's just a tube with like the arms on yeah, it flat to the control arms but the way you suspend it is it's just two brackets with little bearings on the end to hold the bar while it rotates and this that's just like bolted up to reinforcement plates that they welded under the trunk yeah it's super simple and again because this car is mid-engine and rear wheel drive and stuff the trunk 
uh, per se is not much of a trunk. So we'll just somewhere. yeah, we're we're looking for a chance to get the MR2 out of the garage, get the fit in there, and put it on the lift, the and actually, beat. I'm sorry, put the beat. Um, bring the beat in, put it on the lift, and get it up in the air, and then then take a look at some of those things. I did want to address real quick. There were two other cars that were at Autocross today that caught my attention. One was a Tesla Model 3, which I had never seen at Autocross before, and it was doing pretty good. It um, was. It, it looked really good going through the turns because of its low center of gravity, but let me see where he did time-wise... Was it not good? All three performances. It's probably got pretty. I'm curious who the person is too, because we see most of the people in town who own those um, come through our shop. So I'd be curious to. It was red. A lot of them are. (laughs) People love that red. Yeah. It's a good looking red. Signature red, I think they call it. It's not as good as the Mazda red. Soul red crystal. That is a hell of a color. That is. Possibly the color that I will be painting the bottom half of my MR2. I do want to two-tone it. Black from the window lineup. I've always wanted to do that. That looks like like and the old I'm, Eagle Talons? Yeah. Yes. Yep, just right from the, yes. from the C-pillar. Not the trunk lid, engine lid hood. None of that. Just C-pillar up over. I especially because it's a hard top color. Yes black from there up, color from there down, and probably still keep the black belt trim that goes down the doors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people color match that, especially well, if they two tone after it. 93. I think it makes the car look longer. Okay. When you look at it just side on, something about that thin black line breaking it up kind of splits it into like a thin painted line above and a thin painted stripe below and it always just sort of lengthens gotcha. and squats the visual appearance of the car to me so some people like to color match that after the fact if they're repainting the car i've always thought it looks good in black mitchell is now furiously looking at his phone to try to see how this model 3 did what the hell class does that thing fall in i don't know. is there an electric vehicle class in SCGX? i don't know but I, I didn't I didn't get a good look at the car. I'm pretty sure he was running regular tires. Low like, roll resistance tires. And, Probably uh, whatever came on them stock. And my fastest time was a fifty point five. In and, the Celica. And no, in in my dad's car in the two forty. Oh, okay. And uh the Tesla's fastest time was fifty point two. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, so my, torque off the line was it? How was the course today? Like technical or kind of? Pretty wide. It, it, was it wide? It was. It was. It was pretty high speed. That's probably why the Tesla did better. It, it was kind of. It's kind of weird because it was high speed but still kind of low traction because that lot is pretty pretty slippery. As I say, I haven't I haven't been out this year uh, despite registering my numbers and everything. So I haven't even been since they moved to the new lot. So, so my dad's fastest time was 49.6. That Tesla's not too far from him. Seriously? Yeah. It's low center of gravity and the torque. That's why I asked, was it tight and technical or was it kind of high speed? I'm, I'm, curi- I'm curious on, on with that car, what type of assists you get for driving something like autocross. Uh, when you put it in sport mode, you know, mm. are you... 
is the computer as compensating, you know, at, at that, you know, that, that back right wheel, is it getting slowed down at a different speed than that front right wheel? The, well, that's a good, um, it's not, well, for one thing, it's not four motors, it's two. So you have a front axle and a, oh, well, if it's a dual motor, and I'd assume that they probably brought a Model 3 performance dual motor. Yeah. I, th that'd just be my guess. That would be the type of person who would bring a Model 3 to autocross, probably. Mm -hmm. Um... It's a dual motor, so there's one for the front axle, one for the rear. Okay. So I don't think it does any clever differential Tor stuff. Was it torque vectoring? Torque vectoring, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even... Do you call it that in an electric yeah. vehicle? <laughs> like, it's... Because um, I know that uh, that Mercedes... You know, remember the yellow Mercedes GT? They had the concept they came out with a while ago that was an electric car where they were, like, specifically, like, reverse driving some of the wheels to make it turn faster? Huh. I don't think Teslas are that. No, that I don't think so either because they're mostly mm -hmm. built to... Try to pilot themselves yeah. down a highway. Yeah, um, it's different. It's just a different. Yeah, movie. and the Model Three in particular, I know you can't get the uh, air suspension on, so oh. it shouldn't do any kind of adjustment. It is pure like coil over, basic shock. Some it, it form had, of multi link. It was it was a good bit of roll, but it looked it looked good. The suspension looked good. The car the car stayed completely flat through the turns and you can see the wheel you know a good bit of wheel travel but it, the car stayed have you seen the video of them trying to roll over a model x yes it's incredible in that sand pit they yank the car it's for rollover testing they yank the car sideways down a track into a sand pit so that the tires just dig in and a model x the suv yeah rolls 90 degrees up onto the door and then just falls back from like 50. They can't, I don't want to quote it wrong, but like 50 it miles an hour aside. Because the they keep the battery packs so low. It's, it's, the it's the floor yeah. pan. So it yeah. just, it's like one of those like toys that you had when you were like three, where it's like an inflatable thing with sand in the bottom where you yeah. like play with it and it always stands back yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's like, like one that. of those clowns you punch. Yeah. That just, it's, it just keeps coming It's back. just wild how, how low. Like it'll slide. Completely four wheel slide before it will dig in and roll over. That's crazy. The, it's nuts. the other car that I wanted to bring up that I saw at Autocross that I've never seen before in person yet was the new Hyundai Veloster N. And it's never even heard of that. Gnarly. That's like a GTI really? competitor now, isn't it? Yeah. So you know what the Veloster is? Well, yeah, like two doors door. on one side, one door on the other, hatchback thing. So the N. It's it's a turbo four cylinder front wheel drive. GDI, <clears throat> I'd assume. I Everything guess. is anymore. But it's first of all, it comes in basically golf livery as an option. Oh, okay. Rad. Here we go. Is that orange or is that red? It's I red. Can't see from it's here. red, okay. but it's but like a it's pretty. Real, it's real close. It's pretty spot on golf uh, blue. It's it starts in the mid twenties for price. It has a two liter four cylinder. Okay, so the this is. You can get the N, which is cool, and then you get the performance package on top of that, and it goes to 275 horsepower, Whoa! and it has a crazy advanced active differential mm -hmm. with, like, legit torque vectoring, not just brake-based bullshit, like, actual torque vectoring. Right. And then it also it has adjustable shocks and all that stuff that a lot of new cars have, but I believe... At least, I'm not sure if it made it to the production model, but when they were first 
like demoing these like earlier this year or like late 2018 it had factory anti-lag so like it would backfire like i think it's a i think it's a button that you can deactivate it and activate yes. it in the car but like you like let out you like go to shift it's like between shifts yeah. it's, it is bonkers do they do they make a dual clutch version yeah, believe, for the i believe okay. it is six feet only what does that do for okay. reliability that's an excellent question, <laughs> but it still has a hundred thousand mile Hyundai warranty on it. Well, there you so, go, ten year hundred thousand. You can't beat it. I mean, for Flog it what is it? I mean, what are you really insane. most likely to do by retarding spark timing when you're throwing flames through the exhaust? Burn, burn out cats. Uh, like burn out, burn out cats. And, O2 sensors. And just, you, you'll like, start pitting and and cracking the compressor wheels on the turbo because you're exactly. sending flames through the turbo. Sure. So it doesn't like that very much. I I, I Unless now they're know. ceramic coated wheels. It must um, be. But the, I mean, if they're gonna put that warranty on that car, they must have figured something out to not blow it up. Yeah. I now know what car you're talking about. The red one. Yeah, but I I thought of. It's just a Velocitor. Like, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't look at Velocitors twice. They're Ooh. sweet. And that's the, I had no I, idea. I mean, I, I think the Veloster Turbo is like a neat little car. It's not anything that really the first grabs gen, my that is interest. True. It was, but it was worse than the Fords in every way. What were they? Were they based on something comparable? Okay. No, I mean, it Hyundai's, just you would put it in the class of Fiesta ST. Yeah, or, I, I would put it up against the Fiesta ST and the Fiesta ST would yeah, walk all over it all day long. Well, it's especially <sighs> in the number of doors department. Well, yeah, but <laughs> which car? The Veloster versus like a Fiesta R. or something else in the in oh, its wow. class. Mm. GTI. The GTI is in the same. Okay, so I'm looking at the car driver article about it. And it's in the same, as far as skid pad and uh, stop tests, it says it puts it in the same company as hot hatch rivals such as the Volkswagen GTI and the Honda Civic Type R. Now, that's really cool, but also the GTI is as much skid pad and braking as the Civic Type R. That's impressive to me also. If Yeah, if they put them all in the same sentence like yeah. that, I'd be interested to see. The Type R is nuts though. That's, a, that's like a $35,000, car. I was going to say, you know, that's a pretty expensive Civic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, if you want to follow us, we have an email address now. It's beerandbackfire at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me at The Daily Downshift on Instagram. Uh, my blog is dailydownshift at dot blogspot.com. Uh, Mitchell, what you got? Um, this might be the last one I do for a little while, unless we do something remote, remote, which we may figure out how to do. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't gonna bring it up. Sorry, it's it's just a tradition at this point. I think instead of uh, we'll miss you, we just say R.I.P. But uh, yeah, if you if you want to follow me, uh, it's uh, R.V.A. Mitchell um, on pretty much everything. Uh, is that me next? That's Are we going in chronological order here? Okay. Which is to say around the room. Uh, as I mentioned, I think, previously, but I'll plug them again. Uh, I am on Instagram, both at I am understeer. That is my main one. 
Um, you'll see some of my Miata stuff there, uh, as well as just day-to-day -day life things. And then I have my new one for my project, MR2, at Marta, M-A-R-T-A-S-W-20. Um, that is a dedicated project page for that car. Um, probably some backstory and uh, other MR2-related things from my past, but mostly stuff about the project. And I will, um, on one of those two, I will try to get up a link to GoPro footage from rolling up the Blue Ridge. I'm going to get my footage up so that... Uh, you can throw it on YouTube and put the link in your bio on yeah. Instagram. Yep, I'll probably do that uh, shortly here. And I am also on YouTube at I am understeer. Yep. Uh, so if you search for me that way, you'll find it. Jack doesn't really do social media. That's Good okay. for you. It's, Jack, I'm proud of you. I'm happy that he's here. I think maybe I've just met you tonight, but I'm still proud. Let the man speak. <laughs> well, no, it's just it's a common joke that I live under a rock, and here I am admitting it, so. That's cool. We love you. That's you can follow cool. me by Telegram. <laughs> there there some smoke signals. Morse uh -huh. code. Carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon. To your address, you want to share your address? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, fuck some. <laughs> what you got, Corey? <laughs> Again, if you want to see pictures of good food and ripped pants, uh, it's uh, C. Crehan on uh, on the Instagrams. Uh, thanks for listening once again. Hopefully, we didn't bore you too badly. Have a good night. Good night.